Hi guys, uh, my name is Stephanie and I'm enjoying uh, Who's the Boss podcast. I would like to do a shout out for your next episode, uh, Another Single Parent, and just point out that the single parent is played by Dee Dee Howard, who is in another one of my favorite 80s sitcoms in Night Court. She had a brief one episode appearance as the court clerk in epi- in one of the uh, season one episodes um, before they got Mac in there. But I uh, had to do a shout out to Night Court because that's my other eight favorite 80s sitcom. Um, I admire you guys for doing this podcast. I wish I had thought of it. I'd love to discuss all the intricate who's the boss details with you if you ever want a guest speaker. Um, I'm at Stephanie Grimley at, on Twitter and I follow you guys. So um, give a shout out. Uh, can't wait to listen again. Thanks. Bye. So, Melissa, what do you want to do? Will you read me a story? Oh, sure I will. Let's see what mommy packed for you. Come here. Oh, let's see. Oh, look! It's my personal favorite. Peter Rabbit in Mr. McGregor's garden. I wonder how it'll end this time. I know. Miss McGregor hits him with a rake. <laughs> Uh-oh. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Melissa. You want to go upstairs and play? Well... Sure he does. <laughs> you wouldn't want to hurt your feelings, now would you, Jonathan? Sucker it again. <laughs> you know, I don't get it. How come I do all the work and you get all the money? It's called seniority, and I'll always have it. Hello. Welcome back to AO. Oh, hey. The Who's the Boss podcast. I'm Tori. And I'm Kevin. And we are here to rewatch and discuss every single episode of Who's the Boss. No news, no voicemails, nothing. We can get right to no. it. <laughs> what? Why no voicemails? <laughs> I don't know. Well, um, one of our listeners, Jamie, messaged me that she was trying to leave voicemail the other day, and she said it wasn't working. Maybe so, our mailbox is full from all of the voicemails. I don't think so, because I get oh. an alert every oh, time okay. we get one. Right, never mind. I should go check, though, and see if maybe there are some, and I just don't know. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Okay, today we're going to cover Season 4, Episode 13. The title of this episode is called Another Single Parent. It first aired Tuesday, January 5th, 1988. Oh, we're in 1988 now. Mm. This is the New Year's episode. The TV Guide summary says, Tony and Angela discover that their new friend may have snatched her daughter from her ex-husband. Okay, go ahead. All right. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Tony befriends Kelly. (laughs) Tony befriends Kelly, the widowed mother of the girl that Samantha is babysitting for. After a conversation with the girl, Angela finds out that Kelly is lying about her past. And then there is, while Sam babysits little Melissa, which actually means paying paying Jonathan pittance to do all the work, (laughs) Tony dates her widowed mother, Kelly Johnson, yet has a funny feeling about her. That proves justified when Angela works out Melissa isn't fatherless. Tony guesses right. She's a divorcee on the run and insists she must obey court custody orders. Oh, okay. Right. So wait, is that and one? And then there's a long... Look at the synopsis. Oh, like okay, a, please do not read I, that. I can. Okay. I mean, there would be the whole podcast. Right. So wait, is that why Tony doesn't isn't into her? Because he has some kind of weird sixth sense that she's stolen her daughter? Well, we never know because he... 
I mean, we can discuss it in the... Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll, when we get there, but... Yeah. Okay. Um, but the, I don't think so. The writer of this episode is Glenn Padnick. This is his only uh, writing credit for Who's the Boss. Okay. But he worked as the production manager on Who's the Boss for 47 episodes, mm. production supervisor. He was also a crew member and wrote for other shows. Mm. So he wrote two episodes of Facts of Life, three of Silver Spoons, eight of Different Strokes. Wow. And a sh- one show called Hello, Larry. Hello, Larry. I don't know that one. Me either. That couldn't, that wasn't, okay, no. I don't know. I was wondering if it was a Larry spinoff of Three's mm. Company, but it is not. I just clicked on it and it's That would have been cool. I'd have watched that. <laughs> okay, so when this episode opens, Tony's cleaning, and then Mona comes out. Dressed, what would you, what style of dress would you say this is? Uh, I don't know. Me either. I guess it looks like she's maybe uh, in the game like, Clue. Yeah. She's auditioning but, for that movie I Knives mean, 20s, Out. maybe. Like the 20, no, maybe before that, uh, I guess. Yeah, that was like, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. And Tony says to her, so she has like um, a, a headband on with like a large feather, pearls, gloves, what looks to be a purple fur coat. And Tony says, where are you going dressed like that on a Saturday morning? And Mona says, to the car wash. And I know, this is something real creepy here. <laughs> then Tony says, I bet they do it by hand. Oh, God, what does that mean? I don't, I don't understand. Is Mona getting or giving hand jobs at the car wash? I don't is know, and this is, and this is not the to? first questionable thing in this episode. <laughs> okay. So she thinks that's very funny. Yeah. But she's actually going on a murder mystery weekend, the Boston Express. And Tony's worried that she's going to be, she's going to kill someone. She says, no, I'm not the murderer. I'm a decoy. I'm supposed to have an affair with, with Lord Rothbone, his butler, his chauffeur, and the stable boy. Tony says, busy weekend. Yeah. Sounds like just a regular weekend for Mona, though. I, I get, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, I was just going to say, and then she goes to leave. Oh, okay, wait. She goes to leave. What is this, another one? She says, I hope, he says, no. I hope Lord Rathburn Bone is Bone. in good shape. <laughs> Rathburn. <laughs> this is stupid. And she says, well, if I'm not back by Tuesday, call Scotland, Scotland Yard. Yeah, okay. And then she well, I mean, it's just like, yeah, anyway, it's fun. Now. The jokes are just, to get, they're getting filthier, I think. Was this to set, like, this has nothing to do with the rest of the episode. No, it's just to get rid of Mona because they didn't have anything for her. That's I guess so. I but then she's still in the episode. So. Right, but not because this nearly episode with any kind of substance. Over she's weeks. like one of the kids in this. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, now the front door opens and Jonathan and Angela have come home from a tennis lesson. Right. And he says, well, if it isn't Boris and Martina. Okay, so I get the Martina reference, but who was Boris? He must be referring to Boris Becker, who um, was a big uh, German tennis player. Was he angry? Um, I don't know why. So then Tony says, how are your lessons? Angela says, oh, he's great. He's a real star. He's got star potential. He screamed and argued over every point. Well, and then that that John, might be a reference to John McEnroe. Then. Oh, that's the guy who used to get angry. Right. I was thinking it was so Andre that Agassi. must be he was huge. McEnroe okay. was huge in the, so Got in it. the eighties. So that's probably 
So there's three different references in that short Got period it, of time yeah. that would have been relevant then because Boris Becker was a big tennis player who won like Wimple- Wimpleton. <laughs> Wimbledon um, in the 80s. So he, he would have been known... In 1980, okay. like, yeah, he won he won gold medals and all kinds of stuff. He was a big okay. tennis player then. And so Jonathan says, hey, that's what they paid to see. And then he goes running upstairs. And Angela's like, oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> got, a, got a live one here. Now the doorbell rings, and Tony says... And, you know what's funny? Another yeah. side little note is, it's funny when they just have the kids come in, they say something, and then they yeah. just scatter. Oh, they yeah. run they up the run. stairs or run out the back door, <laughs> or run out the front door. Yeah. Now, he what, he ran up the stairs, which means that now Danny Pintaro will sit at the top of those stairs for the rest of this scene right. because there's nowhere to go. They probably had candy for him or That's something true, up there. maybe. They were nice. A, a little, uh, I don't know, what did they have? Atari back then? Okay. And Atari. <laughs> Now, Angela looks adorable in this tennis outfit. She has mm-hmm. on a little tennis skirt, a little shirt, and a little jacket. Now, the doorbell rings, and Tony says, what is this, Grand, Grand, Central, Central. <laughs> Grand Central today? Sounds like my father. I know, but my Tony, three people who live in the house are in the living room, and the doorbell right. has rung one time. Yeah. How is this Grand Central Station? This is just your house, and somebody rang the doorbell. So he I don't answers, know. It's Tony being Tony. <laughs> he answers the door, and there is a woman standing there. She says, hi, I'm Kelly Johnson. I'm looking for Samantha. He says, oh, you're the lady who called about the babysitter. Right. Sure, she should be here any minute. Come on in. I'm her father. And she says, you know, I hope you don't think I'm being overprotective. I just really like to meet the babysitter before. No, you're not. You probably should meet the babysitter yeah, before they're going to take care of your child. <laughs> Now, this kind of thing doesn't really happen anymore, where, like, neighborhood teenage girls watch your kid. At least right. not any any teenage girls or children that we know. I don't know if maybe in other places in America this maybe still happens, but one, I don't know any teenagers in our neighborhood. And two, all of our babysitters have been, like, over 20. Like, that's yeah. what I consider, like, a young babysitter yeah. these days. But I remember being 13, 14 and like babysitting with my friends of some of the neighborhood children. You having parties? No, we were mm, we were okay. nerds. We were fine. He says, no, no, I don't think you're protective at all. I used to get them fingerprinted. <laughs> very <laughs> Tony. Very Tony. I know, of course. Um, now, Angela's just sort of standing there while the two of them are kind of flirting. You know, he's just being friendly, but it could be interpreted as flirting. And he realizes Angela's standing there, so he's like, oh, this is Angela Bauer, and I'm her housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Kelly introduces herself to Angela, you know, nice to meet you. We're new to the area, just moved to Fairfield a few weeks ago. She says she teaches aerobics at the Fairfield Health Club. Mm. And Angela says, oh, I've been meaning, I've been thinking about joining a health club. And Kelly says, oh, you should. It will really improve your tennis game. And tone up those thighs. I know. And Tony knows. He puts his head in his hand. He knows that was the wrong thing to say. <laughs> tone up those thighs. <laughs> well, and he's looking at her thighs. I know he is. <laughs> because he's thinking, really? Tone up those thighs. Okay. Mm. So now these two ladies are not off to a good start. No. And this is a normal interaction of television women, especially in this time period, where there's like any kind of potential love triangle. <laughs> Like this woman, of course. Like, what would make her say that? Would you ever just say... Tone up those thighs. Tone up those thighs. Maybe she didn't mean it as a, that, yeah, like, I Angela's not. thigh. But just mean, <laughs> tone up those thighs. <laughs> right. 
I don't know. Meanwhile, Angela has little tiny popsicle sticks for legs. They're tiny. Everything about Angela is tiny. And she's like, oh, okay, great. Thank you. That's nice to know. And then Angela goes to the mirror and starts looking at her thighs. I know. While he's Tony's. (laughs) Yeah. Kelly says, well, you look like Tony. Right. So she goes from insulting Angela, right, to you look like somebody who's been to the gym, knows their way around a gym. Right. And then Tony starts flexing all. I know. Doing all like the Like the first one was like, and then what's the second one? It's those dumb body. I I don't know. I've seen pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 80s doing or 70s doing those poses. It's that dumb bodybuilder pose. He does it again later. Of course he does. He tells Kelly, well, it sounds like you know your way around a locker room. Well, yeah. what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> I don't know. And it actually sounds like, like she's, she's uh, like he's calling her slutty or yeah, something. Yeah, you know your way around a locker room. <laughs> and she says, well, I'm a real sports nut. And then Tony goes over to Angela and he's like, did you hear that? Kelly's a real sports nut. And he yeah, catches Angela. She's still looking at her thighs. Oh, right. Yeah. So she turns around and she's like, oh, oh okay, that's good. Nice. She Kelly asks Tony, do you like boxing? And he says, do I like boxing? Angela, tell her. I know, he likes boxing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, their response. <laughs> and then Kelly says, well, I have an extra ticket to the Henderson-Taggart fight if you're interested. Am I interested? And Angela says, he's he, interested. I know, it's just so funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he, she says, great, I'll see you Friday. Now that she has a date, she suddenly can't wait any longer to wait for Sam because she has to go pick up her kid. Right. Like you were there waiting for Sam for like two and a half minutes. Right. But I guess she feels like maybe since she met Sam's dad and whoever Angela is, that she feels more comfortable about it now. She's at least seen the house. And she's like, I can't wait for Sam. I have to go pick up... um, Melissa. Melissa, thank you, by noon. So she leaves. And Angela, as she's on her way out, Angela says, I hope, welcome to Connecticut. I hope you and your husband will be very happy here. All right, and this is the beginning of Angela prying into this (laughs) woman's life. (laughs) And then Kelly says, you know, I I lost my husband. He passed away recently, so it's just Melissa and me. And Angela says, oh, I'm so sorry. And she says, yes, um, a single woman again. Woman again. again. And Angela says, oh, I'm so sorry. I know. <laughs> it's just funny. Yes, because that means that she's going to have some competition with Tony here. Mm-hmm. Now, we, it's been a while since we've seen any sort of jealousy yeah. or mm-hmm. anything even having to do with the you know relationship aspect of this uh, couple here has come up. Because they've both kind of just been not interested in anyone and just sort of hanging out with each other, just doing family things. We're what, 13 episodes in now? Okay, almost halfway. She leaves, so Kelly leaves. Now we cut to Samantha on the couch and she's rocking rocking out out to some heavy metal music that I'm pretty sure is not a real band playing in the background. it doesn't sound like it. I noticed that the bottoms of her shoes look well-worn, which I thought was interesting because you would figure that, I mean, maybe she's been wearing them for dress rehearsal or she's worn them before, Samantha, but... Mm -hmm. Normally, you would think that they would look a little fresh on the bottom because they were just uh, set shoes, but they actually do look nicely worn. Yep. Tony comes in, and he's like, "Will you cut it out with the heavy metal music? It's pulling the magnets off the refrigerator." Mm, such a Tony thing to say. I know. <laughs> Meanwhile, this is the guy who apparently went to the Beastie Boys concert and loved it. Mm-hmm. 
And Samantha tells him, you know, you just can't appreciate good music. When these guys play, they have to hire guards to keep girls from rushing the stage. And he says, well, of course, that's because they want to get makeup tips from them. <laughs> so who do you think that is? Is no it idea. Poison? I, poison was a big one. Def Leppard? I remember when Poison, al- when the album... Uh, I can picture it in my head. It's the four of them on the yes, cover. Exactly. It's like it's that's called exactly Open Up and one. Say Ah or that's something. Exactly that's the name of the album. Of, yeah. And they all, I seriously, when I first saw that, I thought it was a, a, a woman, like a lady <laughs> <Four> band. <laughs> I really did. I didn't know that it was men. They yeah. were really made up. They Look were. Look it up if you, if you uh, have I a loved chance, them. if you don't remember. I just remember hanging out with my friend Sarah and listening to that cassette tape over and over and over again. No, it wasn't Open Up and Say Ah. It must have been there. It's, their first album, whatever. I can picture it in my head, but I don't know the name of it. Mm. Okay, so here's the part that you notice where... It's called Look What the Catcher. Right? Oh, yes, that is it, yeah. I'm Sorry, So after Tony makes the makeup joke, the audience really laughs, and Alyssa tries to go for her next line, but she didn't wait long enough to like wait for the laughter to die down, so she has to say it twice. That was cute. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that was. I mean, she handled it well. Yeah. So she says, let me know when Kelly drops off Melissa. So we're to think that some time has passed here, because now when Angela comes in, she says, oh, Samantha's babysitting for Melissa again. Tony says, yeah, Kelly and I are going to see the... Taggart fight, whatever. Right. Oh, wait, so then this is only... But that's what I was going to bring up, is the fact that... Excuse me. She invited him to the fight. That must have been Monday. Because it sounds like they've hung out like every day because now it's finally Friday. Okay, right. When this fight is. I see. So I was thinking that this was after the Henderson Tagger fight, but okay, that makes more sense. But so wait a yeah. minute, wait a minute, wait a so minute. So she hang says on. what? So so when she came by, Mona was leaving. So it was Friday. Because she was going for the whole weekend. Right. Okay. So now this is a Friday late a week seven days later. Okay. That's what I'm going with. Okay, yeah. With. That makes sense. And she says, is Mona back from the murder mystery? (laughs) She is back because we're going to see her this night. Okay. Uh, She says, You've certainly have been seeing a lot of our little sports nut this week. So, yeah, I guess they started hanging out before the Henderson Tiger fight. Tony says, Yeah, you know, I have. And now that you mention it, there's something that I want to talk to you about. And Angela's like, Oh, yeah. And he says, Yeah, it's about me and Kelly. Angela looks a little nervous. Yeah. She's like, oh, Shouldn't know what's coming. What is it? I know. He says, this has never happened to me before. Kelly, she's gorgeous, fun-loving, intelligent. And Angela stands up and says, I'm not sure I'm the one that you should be telling this to. Yeah. And I love this moment. Well, one, Judith's great. But two, like everybody knows that feeling of like, She's just waiting for him to be like, I really am so into her. And right. And like, I haven't want felt like this that. in a long time. Yeah. And Angela's realizing, like, once you tell me that, it's going to really, like, upset me for the rest of the night, probably the rest of however long. Like, she's just thinking, like, here we go again. Here's Frankie. Yeah. You know, right. a blonde Frankie who lives in Connecticut and also loves sports. She's trying to get out of this situation. So even if that is what he's going to say, she doesn't have to hear it. And he... He says, no, you're actually the exact person that I should talk to about this because I don't know what it is, but I don't have any feelings for her. And he says, you know, I've got buddy feelings, but not anything that sets a guy's heart aflutter. <laughs> Tony. And then he asks, you don't think there's something wrong with me, do you? 
So do you think that they're trying to set up here that he doesn't have feelings for her because we're going to find out that she stole her kid? No, I don't, I don't think at all that he has any suspicion about that in the least. Okay. I think... I. <sighs> I just want to understand about this episode. It would have almost made sense that Tony would have started having like feelings for her. Do you know because what I mean? Because then it would have been more of a shock when. Yeah, I, I don't understand why he, it was like. Was well, hurt. they're just buddies, and yeah. then they just stay buddies. I don't. Like, but why I, did they make it a point to go out of their way to point out the fact that they weren't romantically involved, unless it was for the benefit of the scene with Tony and Angela. Yeah, I guess so. The Tony and probably, Angela chemistry to keep that kind of right to be going able to for see four her more years. Re- <laughs> to be able to see her reacting to thinking that he's going to say he likes her and then the relief when she realizes that he doesn't have Yeah, I guess that's what the benefit her. of this is. Otherwise, I don't see how this helps this episode along. Yeah, you're right cuz for the benefit of the episode and for Tony to be so upset, it would have made more sense for him to have had feelings for her. Yeah. But these two really don't, it's going to be a long time now before they have feelings for anyone. Like, we don't see any other kind of relationship right. come you in. Right, you Tony would be all over it. I know, but he, yeah, like, and that's how he started off. But then he I, makes a reference, which I'll bring up later. Oh, to, the cutie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No. Um, If he's not attracted, I mean, I don't know. uh, I mean, realistically, he would probably have been. I mean, there are certain people that you have in your life when you're single and you think, like, they're perfectly attractive and there's nothing wrong with them. But I just am not. Like, you know, there's certain people you click with and there's certain people you don't. Yeah. So it could have been that kind of situation. Um, But yes, it seems like he probably would have been into her. But we're supposed to think that he's now so in love with Angela that he can't really be with anyone else. Right, that must be what this is. When he's like, yeah. I don't know what it is. Is something wrong with me? Right. <laughs> but he already knows that he's in I love know, with her. But I don't know. I know. And I still think that Tony would be able to bang it out with some other people while still being in love with Angela. Yeah, since he especially doesn't this think... one. Very, this one's probably very vulnerable. <laughs> <They just doesn't... laughs> he could... doesn't think that anything's going to happen between them ever. Okay, so he says... You know, maybe I walked under that hole in the ozone layer. Right, because the ozone layer talk was big in the that 80s. That was so big. That yes. was the thing, was the ozone layer. Don't use Aquanet hairspray. Yeah, don't use hairspray, aerosol, and hairspray whatever, and yes. there's an ozone. I'm sure we still have a terrible ozone problem. Yeah, it's probably it's awful. We just don't care anymore. Yeah, we just call it other things We've moved now, on. still nobody cares. Yeah. So he answers, it's later that night, he answers the door. Okay, when he answers the door here... There is a major boom mic shadow on the wall (laughs) right next to the door to the left. It's so bad. The shadows are really harsh in this shot altogether. So now we meet one of the cutest kids who will ever be on this show. Yeah, she is. (laughs) So he opens the door and it's, we finally meet Melissa. So he says, hi, hi, Kelly and Melissa. And little Melissa says, hi, Tony. Mm. And he asks, are you ready for your spacewalk? So this is definitely not the first time he's met this little girl. So he picks her up and he starts, he says, like, blast off. And he starts bringing her over to the couch and she's kicking her little legs <laughs> like she's on a spacewalk. <laughs> Silly. Okay, so, oh, I didn't um, say who plays Kelly. So Kelly is played right. by an actress named Dee Dee Howard. She, when you go to her IMDb, it says that she's best known for the movie Drop Zone, which I mm. see has Wesley Snipes in it. She played Norma, but I don't really know how much of that movie she was in. 
Right. Or I if mean, it's just she just one of the biggest things that she, she has does doesn't have a picture on IMDb. So yeah, so she hasn't done. She did some voice work in yeah, 2009 for American Dad. That's pretty cool. Oh, and Family Guy. Family she Guy worked too, on a yeah. bit. A lot. Do you think they can hear the dryer in the background I don't through know. that door? Oh well. Maybe. Sorry, guys. Laundry. Um, and then like just here and there, other little. Uh, character parts. Yeah. She, Naked Gun Two and a Half. She is Barbecue Mom. Oh, I know. I saw Naked Gun Two and a Half. I'm like, oh, maybe because I feel like I recognize her. And the only I thing know, I can think of, she does look familiar. She played Lola in Three's Company, so maybe, okay. maybe we I'm recognize sure her. Sure, we've that. seen that episode. Cause I'm we've sure. Seen them yeah. All. Okay. Now the little girl playing Kelly is an actress named Jessica Player. She hmm. is going to be best known for her stint as. Christina Carrington on Dynasty. Mm. She played Blake and I can't remember the other lady's name. Crystal. Blake and Crystal's daughter. And she has not acted, I don't believe, since that 1991 she was in the reunion show. So she hasn't acted since she was a child. Because I believe she was born. Oh, yeah, because 91. Yeah, I mean, this episode, she's 88. Yeah, and she, so she must have done that stint on... She was this, in a lot of Dynasty. Dynasty wow. was from 87 to 89. Um, then she was on another TV show called A Family for Joe, and then the Dynasty Reunion. And, and Trace, she was born Tracy in 1982, so she would have been nine in 91, and that's mm-hmm. the last time she acted. That's it for her. Done. I know, I wonder, because she really, for a child this young, she does a fantastic job I know, in this episode. She does. I've never I mean I'm sure I've seen her in Dynasty because I watched it with my mom as a kid, but it's not anything I've seen recently. So I don't really know um we you know what her work was like there. But she's really captivating because she has such a, a cute look and then she has a lot of dialogue to deliver and she does a great job. So he plops her down on the armrest of the sofa and oh there he goes. He does that little move again. Which move? The little a bodybuilder pose yeah, after he, he drops her off on the couch. Oh no, because she says that you have been in the gym because he was able to lift her oh, up and carry her across the room. So He was anyway. able to lift a four-year-old and carry her six feet. Yeah, He's- big deal. <laughs> now, And I like when he... he he calls her. He says, "You, you got it, you little dewdrop." And then, as he's walking away, he does the Tony. Hey, she's so cute. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. December of eighty-two. All right, here we go. I'm what? bad with math. So we're in January of eighty-eight. So in eighty-seven. Oh, she's five. She would have just turned five. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, eighty-two. Okay, so now Samantha comes down the stairs. She says, "Babysitter reporting for duty." She goes over to Melissa and she um, asks like what do you want to do tonight and Tony says that he's made Melissa's favorite bedtime snack chocolate pudding right okay so another side note here is Tony's turned into a softie because Jonathan and um, Samantha would not have gotten chocolate pudding right before bed that is a good point they'd be eating their apple slices and their their water but uh, this one's getting this one's getting getting chocolate pudding yes and he's like, um, he calls her a little dewdrop. Yeah, dewdrop. I uh, Tony Maselli is adorable with children, and I also feel like Tony Danza gets kind of excited when little kids are on too. Mm. He always, um, whether or not that baby in the last episode was his, even when Clint Clint was on, and this little girl, he gets fairly excited over little kids, which is cute. 
so she says, thank you, Tony. <laughs> and then Kelly lets Sam know like her PJs and her pop-up storybook and her blanket are all in this bag right here. She says goodbye to Melissa. Melissa says bye to her. And then um, they leave. So they say they'll be back around 11, but they're joking that they may be back earlier if one guy gets knocked out, which is what Kelly is, uh, right, has right. predicted is going to happen. So now right, Sam tagger says... Tagger tags him in the first. So whatever. Yeah. Sam and says, wonder, are those real wrestling? I, I was boxers? just about to say that. I should have looked that up. Yeah, I, They I, probably I, were. I, I wasn't big on boxing. Yeah. Never so really Sam asks Melissa, what do you want to do? And she says, how will you read me a story? So she says, sure. And they go over to the book bag to pull out a book and see what she's got. It's her personal favorite. I, you don't have this scene on Antenna TV, by the way. Antenna oh, TV okay. really chopped up this episode. You, she pulls I'll out. To the, I'll listen. We'll <laughs> listen together as you tell me. <laughs> she pulls out a book and she's like, oh, it's my personal favorite, Peter Rabbit in Mrs. McGregor's Garden. And then she says, I wonder how it's going to end this time. And she says, I know Miss McGregor hits him with the shovel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that book, but it sounds pretty either. awful. Yeah, violent. Now, Jonathan comes in with his hair just flapping everywhere. I know. Again, it's a mess. <laughs> the cowlicks are all over the place now. Someone please risk the ozone, get out some Aquanet, and spray that stuff down. Fix this kid's hair. And as soon as... Melissa sees Jonathan and she gets very excited. She says, hi, Jonathan. Mm. So now Melissa's been around. She knows everyone. Yeah. Everyone but Mona, probably, who because Mona was away. Yeah, I mean, she's been over a couple times because Tony's been hanging out. Yep. With. And he's been hanging out around bedtime if he knows that that's her favorite treat. Yep. Now, Jonathan was trying. He's like, oh, no. And he tries to escape. But Melissa says, do you want to go upstairs and play? And Sam says, of course he does, because he wouldn't want to hurt your feelings. Mm. And so she's like, okay, great. So she starts going up the steps, and she turns around and looks at him, too, and she's like halfway up, and it's the cutest thing. And Jonathan says, I don't get it. How come I do all the work and you get all the money? Sam says, it's seniority, and I'll always have it. Yeah. He could walk, you know. <laughs> he could just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Go into Peter's house or whoever's house he spends the night yeah, at most of the time. Done. But yeah, now she just got a great deal. He's going upstairs to play with her and she gets to sit down and on the pudding. couch and do Right. So when they come back, it's later that night and Sam's eating pudding. Melissa's chocolate pudding. All right. And talking on the phone. Yeah. She's on the phone with Bonnie. And I love this because she's like, oh, hi, Bonnie. I can't talk right now. I'm babysitting. Then there's like a split second. And Sam's like, okay, yeah, yeah, let me call you back. And then she yells for Angela. So then when Angela comes down the stairs. I know, stairs, it's immediate panic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Angela's like, what happened? What's wrong? And Sam says, it's great news. Bonnie's brother and his girlfriend got into a terrible fight and they broke up. And what? Angela says, why is that great news? She says, because he gave Bonnie the tickets to the U2 concert tonight. So mm. I can go... If I can find a babysitter. I do the closed captioning on YouTube. Uh-huh. And it says YouTube concert. Instead oh, of YouTube, YouTube concert. <laughs> nice. Now, That's funny. Really? Bonnie got all that information to Sam in that split second that she I took a bite so. of chocolate pudding before she squealed and called for Angela? I guess so. TV. She says, I could go if I can find some caring adult to babysit for me. Any thoughts? 
Angela's a real softie here for doing this. Yeah, she is. Like, one, I mean, she committed to babysitting, and now she's just pawning this, she's pawned this kid off on Jonathan already. Now she's going to hand her over to Angela and then go out for the night. I know. I know. She really doesn't watch him at all. No. And she says it pays two bucks an hour. And then Angela says, well, how can I say no to that? Right. <laughs> she says, you're the best, and I owe you. Now... As she's going upstairs to get ready, Angela's like, wait a minute. Oh, Sam says, I owe you for the rest of my life. Angela says, speaking of the rest of your life, what about your father? Sam's like, well, I did all my homework. I did all my chores. You know, and Bonnie's dad's going to drive us there and pick us up. I'll be home right after the concert's over. And Angela says, okay. Then she's like, hey. And she kind of has a little Tony Maselli attitude to her (laughs) yeah yeah she says i want you to wear a heavy coat i want you to sit next to a security guard and don't talk to any guys in tight jeans or chains and sam says okay dad and then gives angela a kiss and goes running upstairs yeah so i love that moment between the two of them because one angela's a softy two i love that she's comfortable giving samantha permission like, there were no cell phones, so it's not like right, Sam was going to be able to text Dad to, at the game right. or the fight. And find out if, if she can go to... Right. But Angela feels comfortable enough now. She knows Tony well enough that she, you know, could let her go. So now... Yeah, it's almost like a very mother-daughter moment. Yeah, totally. Now, you don't have this part no, I either. I don't. So even later that night... Angela, and we know it's later because Angela's hair has gone from being down to up. Yeah, this is relaxing, Angela. <laughs> whenever Casual, I, Angela. Whenever I relax, I like to put my hair up into like this Gibson-type bun with a little ribbon. Right, and put a turtleneck on. Well, that she already had, right? Yeah, but it's late. Yeah, oh, oh, I, I know. know. Yeah, right? I'd be in full pajamas. Like She should be in her pajamas here. And she's reading a book. We don't know exactly what the book is yet. But Mona, so Mona's here now because Right, that's that why I keep forgetting cruise. is I keep watching this episode where there's no Mona. Right. So Mona sneaks out of the kitchen and she sees that Angela's engrossed in the book. And then she's kind of like making little Dracula moves behind her because she's going to try to scare her. And then she does scare her and Angela screams. And she says, do not ever do that to me. I'm reading a Stephen King novel. Mm. Mona says, Angela, you're such a wimp. You used to be scared when I would read you bedtime stories. Mm. Angela says, mother, you read me the tales of Jack the Ripper. (laughs) Why? I don't know. Terrible. (laughs) Now, later that night, Mona's gone. She kicked her out. She's sitting on the couch again, still reading. And little Melissa comes down the steps. And she walks up behind her and kind of looks at her. And the thing about this little girl, too, is she almost kind of has a Heather O'Rourke look to her, which was the little girl from Poltergeist. Oh, yeah. So it looks a little like I can see why it kind of is even more funny that she is staring at her. Angela screams when she realizes someone's behind her. And the little girl doesn't even flinch. I love this kid. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry you startled me. And then she says, are you all right? And Melissa says, I can't sleep. Mm. And Angela's like, yeah, I see that. Right, <laughs> so figured that come much. Here. <laughs> yeah. So Angela picks her up and puts her on her lap. And the little girl says, um, I like your hair. It's just like mommy's. 
except it's black on the bottom. Right. Oh, man. <laughs> Kids are so honest. I know. You know, so I, my hair is naturally brown, and I dye it blonde. And so at some point during the pandemic, I hadn't been able to get my hair highlighted for a long time. And I had my hair up and then like in a bun. And Avi said to me, I like how your hair is black on top and then your bun is blonde. Oh, God. Thank you, Avi. It's pretty much what uh, Melissa said. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the honesty of kids. And the audience loves this joke because it takes a long time for them to quiet down. And it's the humor is added to by Angela just staring at Melissa <laughs> while no, no. she waits for the audience to calm down, or Judith waits for the audience. Uh, and she says, well, that's the way it grows. Yes. It's like, why are you lying to this kid? Just tell her you bleach your hair. <laughs> right. Then she says, I like your nightgown. And the little girl says, thank you. My mommy bought it for me. She bought me all new clothes. And Angela says, well, that's very nice of your mommy. And then she asks her, do you have a special doll or anything that you like to sleep with? Because she wants this kid to get back to bed so she can right. Finish reading <laughs> read book. Stephen King. This is the 80s version of putting the kids to bed and watching a murder documentary, which is what we like to do. Yes. And she says, um, yes, Mr. Hadley. And so Angela's like, oh, well, do you have them? And she says, no, I don't have them anymore. And she's like, oh, no, why not? The little girl tells her that mommy picked her up from school and she said that they had to go away real fast. She couldn't go home to get Mr. Hadley. And Angela says, why not? And she says, because she told me that daddy wasn't there anymore and that we had to go away. Um, Angela's like, oh, she thinks that Melissa's talking about the fact that her father's dead. Mm. And she's like, oh, I, I, I know, I, I understand. And so she hugs Melissa. And the lighting is really weird here. It like, is. When Melissa first sits down in Angela's lap, it suddenly gets brighter. And then at another point here, it gets darker. I feel like they were having a hard time lighting this for like nighttime and still get both of their faces. I mean, yeah, but it's pretty dark. It is. Then Melissa says, you know what? You know what? One time my daddy called, but mommy said he was too busy to talk to me. And now Angela's confused. Like, your dad called? She's like, are you? Are you sh-? And then she says, and then what happened? And Melissa says, we moved here. Yeah. So Angela's like, are you sure that your dad called? And right then the front door opens and uh, Kelly and Tony come home. So Angela can't question her anymore. And Melissa goes running over to Kelly and says, you know, mommy. And Kelly asks, like, what is she doing up so late? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, what's going on right. here? Yeah. Where's the babysitter I'm paying $2 an hour? Right. And why is she up so late? And that's the thing, too. When Sam's hired as the babysitter, who's paying her? Because they're Kelly. both, I know, but they're both going out. It's oh, that's it's going enough. out with Tony. Oh yeah, so, maybe they're both giving uh, so giving a dollar. Paying, yeah, because to get her out of the house, <laughs> um, to hang out. Well, the first time she comes over because she needs a babysitter, it's for something besides this. So mm. I wonder if then that's how he became more familiar with her because um, she was dropping. Like when I was a kid, you would babysit at their house, but obviously for this story. The little girl needs to be at their house. Right. Um, 
Angela says she was having a little trouble sleeping. Tony rips the book out of her hand and says, well, no wonder you're reading her The Shining. That's terrible. Kevin laughs every single time. I know, every time. It's funny. (laughs) And then he says, well, where is Sam? And Angela says, she's at a U2 concert. And Tony starts to, like, get a little upset. She's like, don't worry. She's sitting next to a fire exit in a heavy coat. And Tony's like, what about the tight jeans and chains? And she says, it's covered. Tony says, you're getting good, Angela. Yeah, that's pretty funny. (laughs) It is. It's cute. Um, So that just shows that even he's comfortable with her making parenting decisions for Samantha. Now, Kelly tells Melissa, well, we should get you home and to bed. Because obviously, (laughs) everything I paid for for here, you got chocolate pudding and now you can't sleep. Right, right. So she, she thanks Angela for looking after her. And like, as this mom, I think I might be a little pissed that the actual babysitter I hired pawned my kid off on someone else that I didn't approve and then went to a concert. But whatever. He says, you know, good night, good night, Melissa. And then uh, he closes the door and he says, oh, what a little cutie. And then he says, and Melissa's not bad either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the part that you were talking about earlier where... Right. He's made a point to tell Angela that he's not into this lady, but then he's going to make that little joke. And that's probably just to keep Angela on her toes. I guess so, yeah. Trying to frazzle her a little bit. Uh, so then he says, I'm going to go make myself a snack. Angela says, I need to talk to you. Um, she's like, I know this sounds weird, but I have a feeling that Kelly's husband may still be alive. Mm. And Tony's like, what are you talking about? She's like, uh, you know, this is terrible. It's just... Um, I think Kelly may have actually stolen Melissa from him. So Tony is like, where did you ever get a lame brain idea like that? (laughs) Then Angela says, well, let's look at the facts. Like you've been spending a lot of time with her, but you haven't actually been to her house. And he's like, well, she doesn't have any furniture. And she says, well, she's very closed mouth about her past. And he says, well, give the girl a break. She just lost her husband. And Angela says, well, and then there's Melissa. She said that her father called one time and Kelly wouldn't let her talk to him. And he's like, are you sure? And she says, yes. Now, Angela, why wouldn't you have led with that? Right. (laughs) Obviously, the fact that the the... little girl said her dad called is the most important thing there. (laughs) Right, right. But, you know, they got to build tension here. Yeah. We cut to another day. We could assume it's the next day, a couple days later. And Tony and Kelly are playing basketball in their backyard. Now, let's note that they both have shorts on here. Yes, yes, definitely note that. <laughs> oh, I just realized she has blue chucks on that look really cute with that outfit. I know. So she's trying to like uh, get him off his game, and she says, you know, you've got really sexy legs. So it kind of like distracts him, and then she makes a basket. Tony's so easy. I know. He really is. (laughs) So he's going to try to figure out a way to get a little bit of information out of her. So they continue playing, and he says, well, how do you like Fairfield so far? And she says that she loves it. And he's like, is it better than where you used to live? And she says, yep. And then he's like, where was that again? I don't really remember. She's like, it was up north. And he's like, hmm, okay, well, north, like, Vermont or Greenland? And she says, New Hampshire. So, and he's like, oh, okay. And so she wants to know, like, why are you asking so many questions? And he's like, you know, I know this sounds crazy, but did you take 
Melissa from her father. Mm. He said he said Melissa was saying some things. And she says, you know, I don't know what Melissa said, but she has an active imagination. And she hasn't really gotten over the fact that her father's not coming back. And then she says to Tony, you of all people should know that. Right. Right. And you should respect that or whatever. Yeah. So they've had, at some point they've had a conversation where Tony has said that he is also... You know, he's a widow and lost his... Wait, is he a... No, he's a widower. She's a widow. Okay. Um, and that he lost his wife. But Tony's not buying it. So no. he says, you know, I just... I want you to level with me here. And she says, you know, I just stay out of my business. Like, you don't understand all the facts. And I don't want... You know, I don't want to talk about this. And she leaves. Yep. So now Tony pretty much figures that Angela was right. So he goes into the living room, and you're missing a little bit of this part, too. Okay, yeah, because I think... So he yeah, goes okay. into the living room, and Angela's sitting there doing a crossword puzzle. And now Tony's wearing sweatpants. Right, out of nowhere, which he apparently put on in the backyard. I know. And it doesn't appear that he's wearing shorts underneath the sweatpants. And is it hot outside and cold in the house? I have no idea. It's January. No so idea. So probably not. So I don't understand, like... So maybe for the dress rehearsal, they were wearing shorts, and then for the actual live taping at night, they were wearing pants, and then they ended up just using the cut here of the other one, so it didn't match anymore. So he sits down, and Angela says, I need a five-letter word, Inca God of Fertility. And Tony spells out the word dummy. What's wrong? I'm sorry, I... Oh. Nothing. You lost your episode. <laughs> yes, I did not mean to do that. I hit the wrong button. So he sa- he spells out the word dummy, and then she says, no, it doesn't fit. And then she says, I was right, wasn't I? And he says, yes. Yep. And she's like, this is the one time I wish that I wasn't. Yep, in her little linebacker outfit. I know. The shoulder pads. That's so aggressive. First of all, when I look at her, it makes me think of Neapolitan ice cream. Because it's like mm. <laughs> sure. vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate. I want to lick that sweater. And then <laughs> the shoulder pads are so big. I don't even, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, they're pretty brutal. Also, I don't believe Angela. She's happy to be right, regardless. Because it, even though Tony doesn't have feelings for this lady, she, she wants her out of here anyway. He says, you know, she would have just kept on lying to me and she would have kept Melissa. Right. So now Sam comes downstairs. I noticed that a lot of... I like Sam's... It's only a matter of time before our daughter is wearing what Sam's wearing here. Because you think? I think so. The 80s are back so hardcore that she's she's been wearing her little high-waisted jean shorts with a belt and a little shirt kind of tucked in. And this is very similar. Like, I could see Isla wearing these pants and then the sweater tucked in. Oh, Yeah. So Sam comes downstairs, and Tony's like, you know, Sam, we've always had a great relationship, right? And she says, sure, Dad. And he says, you know, we always are really honest with each other and open and trusting. And she's like, yeah. And then he's like, baby, I love you. And he he hugs her. And she says, Dad, you're not dying, are you? Right. (laughs) Now, for a child who's already lost a parent, I feel like that's a pretty dark joke to have her say. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) But whatever. (laughs) And he says, no. And then she's like, I'm not dying, am I? And he says, no. That he just wants to make sure that they always continue to be open and honest with each other. 
seeing that Sam is 15 and has a boyfriend, I feel like there's probably a lot of stuff Sam's not being very open and honest with to Tony about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's probably thinking, oh, shit, what does he know? But instead, she walks away and she says to Angela, I think he's starting to lose it. And he walks out. So Tony says, I would really hate to lose my daughter. This is where this episode really goes off the rails here. Like, one, we don't know the circumstances as to why she took this little girl. Exactly right. And we're going to find out a little bit more. But Tony is immediately thinking, like, this woman just took her daughter from a father. So he's thinking of it as the father's perspective. But he's thinking of it from his perspective, where he is a good and loving father. Exactly. You know, Angela says, well, what are you going to do about it? And he says, it's cut and dry, like I have to blow the whistle on her. So he goes over to try to call the police. But Angela says, you know, we really need to think about this here. Because it's traumatic for a mother to lose a child, and you don't know the facts. There could be things that we don't know. Right. Thank you, Angela. There could be things that you don't don't know here. And he says, all I know is that there is a father in New Hampshire who is looking for his daughter. I was talking to someone on Instagram earlier today about this episode, and they were um, saying that they wonder if this was supposed to go in a different direction, like a domestic violence Mm. situation, and maybe the network wouldn't let them, and so they had to kind of rework it. I would be really interested to see the first few drafts of this script to see if it was more along those lines. Because I feel like they're trying to... Get a message out and have a story with some depth, and then they just completely missed the mark. Yeah, I agree. He says there's a father in New Hampshire who's looking for his daughter. Who is going to help him? So he goes to pick up the phone, but he's like, I can't rat out my friends. I've never been able to. Even when Johnny Ego stole from the collection plate and blamed it on me. (laughs) Terrible. I love that that last name is Ego. I know. Um, And he says, I remodeled his nose, but I didn't turn him in. Now, just then, guess who shows up? Kelly. Yeah. Who was also now wearing pants. (laughs) So. So she went and go changing her pants. Right. So did she just have pants with her that she put on in the front yard? Did she get all the way home and then realize and put her pants on and then come all the way back? So she says, I don't know where my mind is. I walked off with your basketball. And Tony says, that's not all you walked off with. Oh, boy. So Kelly realizes that he's not going to let this go. So she asks if she can come in, and he doesn't say anything, but Angela says, of course you can. Kelly comes in, and she wants to talk to Tony, but he doesn't really have anything to say to her. And he says as much. And she says, you know, I could really use a friend right now. And he's like, well, talk to Angela because I can use some fresh air. I know. Right. He just walked out. So Tony's now made this all about himself. Right. When it has nothing to do with Tony. Like, if anything, he should use this opportunity to try to figure out if there's maybe some parts of the story that he doesn't know. But no. <laughs> Hothead just gets mad and walks out the R- Right. Door. Exactly. <laughs> I, You know, I do like that, even though they set these two women up to kind of be pitted against each other in the beginning, now Angela becomes a bit of an ally for Kelly. Angela says he's very hurt, Kelly. <laughs> I know, but like, again, like the, you were saying earlier, you. not about Tony. Yeah, not about Tony. Tony didn't go in a, through a custody battle. Right. And 
And again, but Tony's hurt. It would make more sense for Tony to be really hurt if he was starting to have a relationship exactly, with exactly, yeah. which is oh, so many problems. With this so <laughs> Kelly says, "I don't blame him, but I'm not the horrible person that you both think I am." And she says, "I had a reason for doing what I did." She's like, "As a mother, you should understand that." And Angela says, "I'm really trying." Right. So that whole scene again. I said it earlier. It has a. Um, Soap opera feel the way she says, I'm really trying and walks <laughs> no. walks off the can like yes. it's very soap opera. I know they don't do a ton of dramatic stuff here. And when they do, it's normally um Judith and Catherine Hellman together, which right. they're always fantastic. But yes, it does have a bit of that feel to it. Plus Judith's pulling out her dramatic acting chops because she did a pretty long stint on a soap opera herself. Right, exactly, which probably explains it. So Kelly says it was a messy divorce and it was an even messier custody battle. And Melissa was in the middle of an ugly tug of war. And Angela says, Mm. so you just stole her? And she says, no, I actually gave up custody. I gave her up. Now again... I feel even back so right so these days you know it seems like custody is really they try to do joint custody as much as possible right in the 80s I feel like it was always the default was the mother and dad got the weekends that you would have to prove that the mother was a pretty incompetent mother to be able to take custody away so they don't really bring up anything that would make you think that she would have had custody taken away for any certain reason right so, again, this kind of just doesn't make sense. Like, why would she just automatically, right, why, did, why would a judge just not give her custody of the kid when normally they try to keep the kids with the mother at this time? Now it's much more. Think about that, man. Dad's really, okay, you can look at it two ways. Dad's either got off easy yeah. or dad's really got the shit end of the stick with not being able to see their kids if they wanted to. But mom had the kids all week, and then like every other weekend or whatever, the kids would go see dad. So then they get to do all the fun stuff, and mom's stuck at home the whole time. Right. (laughs) You know, actually raising the children. I like that they, now that joint custody is much more of a, a thing. She says, then after a few months, I realized I couldn't live without her. Mm. So again, did she have no contact with Melissa or was she the parent that was getting every other weekend? Because she makes it seem as if she had no contact with her, which I really think would be unusual for someone to take the child away completely from the mother or either parent. Right. Um, And she says, I couldn't live without her. Now, this is when Tony walks back in the back door. And then it's just listening with his mouth open as he as he slowly strolls back over to where they are. Right. And she says, so one day after school, I picked up Melissa and I just kept driving. Angela says, well, I, I understand that you love her, but what is your plan? Like, are you just going to keep running every time somebody figures it out? And she says I, that she doesn't know what she's going to do. Mm-hmm. She just wants what's best for her. But... That's not really what's best for her. No, it's not. But Kelly says, you know, I just can't tell you what a relief it is to get this out in the open. And she tells Angela she's very happy to have a friend and that Angela is pretty much her only friend at this point. So now Tony chimes in because he's been back there the whole time and no one's noticed. Right. That, <laughs> <laughs> that he, she How actually, do they not see him? <laughs> she actually has one more friend, you know, and he's, it, he's her friend. And she says, I'm sorry that I lied to you. I was afraid that you wouldn't understand and I would lose my pal. 
Well, of course you're. Yes. You wouldn't just meet someone in your new town and tell them that you took your child from their other parent, which is illegal and called kidnapping. (laughs) (laughs) So she was afraid she'd lose her pal. Right. Lose her pal. And Tony says, you're not losing anybody, you know. And he's like, I'm here for you. And she says, you'll stand by me. And he says, every step of the way. And they're going to understand because you're going to bring Melissa back. And she's saying, she says, well, wait a minute. I never said anything about bringing her back. Her idea of him understanding is for him to keep his mouth shut. And his idea for her understanding is to bring Melissa back. And Angela just sits there in the middle. <laughs> I know, right? And she says, giving up custody was the biggest mistake I ever made. And Tony says, no, this is the biggest mistake you ever made. And she gets upset and she says, I'm sorry you see it like that. And she leaves. And she says, all I ask is that you remember we were friends. And we were friends. <laughs> Cheesy. So, I know. It's like, this lady, I mean, who are, I, yes, she needs a friend because she doesn't really have anyone as a support group. But she's known these people for a week. You know, just just get out of there, lady. Right. Go, go. And she ha- must have some friends. She, she works at a, at oh, a yeah. water. I mean, that's true, but. Water? What? Or not um, the aerobics aer- place. Water, yeah. aerobics place. I wanted to say water aerobics. Maybe they do that there. Yeah, I, I want to so. see Angela yeah. go to that class. <laughs> water place. Um, and but then, she must have made friends with the, with the aerobics place is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> then Angela says, I thought we were getting through to her. I know. And she asks Tony, what are we going to do now? And, and he like, says, it was her goal to get through to her? Yeah, I mean, Still I guess none of Angela's business, right. but I guess they're trying to do what's best for the child, right? right? So, and I get it. Like, if this dad legitimately is a good dad, he shouldn't lose his kid. Why he had full custody of this child to begin with? Who knows? They don't yeah. explain it to us. We don't know. Yeah, it seems like there would be more layers to the story than we know, but it's thirty minutes, not even twenty-two, and it's just kind of a bad episode all around. Yeah. Yeah, I can only do so much. <laughs> and he says, I'm going to be your friend. And then he walks over and he dials 911 on the phone and he says, I have some information about a missing child. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be your friend by calling the cops. Yeah. We cut to an undetermined amount of time later. Like, I don't know how long it's been, but it's obviously, it's obviously been a while. days. Uh, maybe, well, I enough time sent a letter. Weeks, weeks even, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, the reality is that Kelly would have been arrested. Like, she technically kidnapped a child. It was her child, but she did it. Right. And then, so, Tony comes in. He's got, I don't know, it's tea time. I don't know what the hell's going on. He's got a tray full of little teapots and, like, a child. And and then Mona walks in, who apparently has been having intercourse with the mailman in the front yard, is what I got out of this. Like, I know. Because she walks in and they're like, "You went for the mail an hour ago," (laughs) and then and then she and she asks where she's been. She says, "There are more things than rain, sleet, and snow that will keep a postman from his appoint appointed rounds." Yeah, it's Mona. So she's been out in the mail truck getting it on. Yeah, pretty much. That's what we're to assume. I think. I guess so. (laughs) It's bizarre. So she hands out the mail and she says, "Oh, here's one for you." And he takes it and he says, oh, it's from Kelly. I wonder how she's doing. See, Kelly could have called, by the way. She could have called. 
So it must. I mean, maybe she only can write letters from jail. Like I don't know. Oh, you they think don't maybe really, that's true? She could be in jail. I don't know. She and, could be. She stole a child. So the reality is that most of the missing children that go missing every day are taken by a family member or someone right, who knows that's the true. family. That's true. Like a parent um, abducting a kid due to a custody ballot. Not unusual. Not unusual. Right. But I just think the way this was handled, it was so like. Okay, just bring your kid back. And then she writes a letter. And so in the letter, she says, I just wanted to send you a quick note to let you know Melissa and I are okay. Okay. Thanks for offering to be at the hearing. Right. I know it's going to be difficult, but I'll feel better having you there. It makes a real difference. And then she says, and you owe me 20 bucks from the Henderson Taggart fight. Right. After he called the police and most likely had this woman arrested, I'm... I'm assuming that this hearing cut the the hearing is a custody hearing. Yeah. Or it's if she can post bond. Like I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> but if it's a custody hearing, good luck. You already stole the child. I know. So, good so luck. now you're good really luck. gonna because now you do have a yeah. red flag. That sounds fun. Good luck. Enclosed in the note is a drawing for Angela from Melissa. And Angela's like, oh, you know, we really did. Have a special bond. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. And she opens up the picture and she says, "Oh, it's a porcupine." Or no, yeah. I'm so. Or Mona says it's a porcupine. And then Tony says, "Yeah, it's funny because the quills are black on the bottom and light on the top." Yeah. Porcupine. And Angela says, "Yes, indeed, it is a porcupine." And she puts it. She goes to put it away. I really like Angela's hair here. Like, I feel like this is later season Angela hair as opposed to now. To it's kind of relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It is. But Much I guess better. she went from being down to being up, and so they really couldn't probably bouffant it too much because it was the end of the episode. True. Yeah, so Mona went on a weekend, and she came back and scared Angela, and then she had sex with the mailman. Well, yeah, and we, uh, we're, supposed to, we're led to believe she may have had... She could have had sex with... Oh, Anywhere right. from one to four men over the weekend. <laughs> now, I'm not judging. Mona can have sex with whoever she wants. I know. I'm wants. just saying, though. Like, that's what's <laughs> going know. on in the show. And maybe something <laughs> went happened at the car wash. We don't know. <laughs> Hand jobs at the car I wash. I mean, something went down. I, Mona I was busy this weekend. And guess what? We're never going to see Kelly again. Yeah. Well, she's in jail. <laughs> I know. And oh, little okay. Melissa, she was my favorite. She was adorable. Melissa's with the dad, and she's in jail. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, happy That's episode. What... Okay. I'm gonna <laughs> That's go the first. Way it ends for me. <laughs> I'm gonna go first with the rating on this, rating. and I gave it a oh. six. Okay. Yeah. And six. Because I just feel like if this was their original intent, they completely missed the mark. If they had to rework this script for whatever reason, then I, I get it. But it's still not a very good script. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, Melissa's freaking adorable. I love the parts with Angela and Melissa are really cute. And I enjoyed the parts with Sam and Angela also. Okay. And that cute little part where Angela thinks he's going to say that he likes Kelly and then I he know. doesn't. That part's really cute. That is a good part. Yeah. Um, so it has its moments, but, but I just feel like the actual storyline is kind of weird. And then like Mona being thrown in to do random things. I know. And then she's <laughs> in and out of there. Yeah. Okay, you go. Um, I agree. Six. I'll give it a nice, solid six. Nice. Again, with the week with with they uh, were, them having 
Tony not attracted to her. I don't know. There was just, I feel like there were little holes in this story yeah. that were weird. And then once again, it had to be wrapped up all quickly. And um, yeah, I don't know. And the way they approached the whole thing, you know, with Tony playing basketball and you know, level with me. I mean, <laughs> and in the at the end of the day, none of this stuff is anybody's business. But they, right. and I, I mean, I get it. I guess they're doing it for the, for the kid, you know, right. for for Melissa to try to, you know, yeah. make things I mean, right for her because then, you know, then they're like, what, are you going to be on the run with her right, forever? Right. So Because they're going to find her eventually. Oh, and I was thinking, too, that I forgot to bring up earlier. This could never happen today because that kid would be on every social media platform. That's true, too. It would yeah. be on the Citizen app. Then she would have been on a milk carton, and <laughs> it that's it. I know. Like, then it would have been months later where they would have seen her on a milk carton and thought, that kind of looks like Melissa. Could have been years later. Right. So, yes. um, It is interesting now how stuff like this couldn't happen. And just the fact that, like, Sam would have been able to text Tony instead of Angela. It's just funny to think of all the things in these older shows. Right. Right. And uh, we've been watching Stranger Things, which I've mentioned several times. And there's a Beyond Stranger Things that's on Netflix. If you haven't seen that and you like Stranger Things, it's fun. And they were saying how they would not be able to do this show today. And they love being able to do an 80s show because Mm -hmm. communication is so much harder and instead of having cell phones, they have the walkie-talkies, but right. walkie-talkies aren't very reliable. So if you don't want it to work, it doesn't have to. Right. You know? So right. it is interesting how it is kind of harder for storytellers these days with yeah. so much communication. Who's the boss around here? Me or my mother? Or maybe it's you! Um, boss, to me, was a little hard. Yeah. I thought it was a little bit of a toss-up between Tony and Angela. Um, but I went with Tony. Yeah. And the reason is that in the end, he's the one who made it right. He stuck with her to, you know, he was her friend. And then he, you know. Dialed 911. Called the cops on her. <laughs> um, but I mean, again, only to make it right and, and to, you know. So, yeah, I think that Tony was, was the boss. Because, like I said, he stayed friends with her. He was looking out for her. Um, but in the end, he needed to make it right. Yeah. I agree. I felt like it could have been a tie between Tony and Angela. Yeah, I agree with that. But he did kind of make most of the moves. She came up with the information, and then he sort of went with it. Right. But they, but both of them annoyed me. All I know. Trust me. Me too. <laughs> I agree okay. with you one hundred percent. So you can reach us at the Who's the Boss podcast on Instagram, Who's the Boss Pod one on Twitter. Or on Facebook, the page is the Who's the Boss podcast page. Or go to anchor.fm slash WTB podcast, and there you can leave us a voice message. Now, the next episode we are going to cover, I don't even know how to say this, all in the familia? Yeah, familia. Familia. Okay. I should. I'm Italian, but no one ever taught me Italian, so I don't know. There you go. (laughs) Um, And oh boy. There is some stuff in this one. Really? Yes. There. So Richard Greco, is that his name? Yeah, Greco. Richard Greco. He guest stars in this, and it is the worst Italian accent I think I have ever heard. Oh, I look forward to it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that's all we have to do, right? Yeah, I think that's it. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and give a big thumbs up and tell all your friends. 
And maybe you can tell your grandma, your mother, and your, your sister or brother. Maybe you have no siblings. Tell your dog and cats. Bye.